Welcome to More to Come, PW Comic World's weekly podcast on graphic novel and comics publishing. Recorded at the PW offices in New York City, I'm Calvin Reed, Senior News Editor of Publishers Weekly and Co-Editor of PW Comics World. Check us out at publishersweekly.com slash comics. And I'm Heidi McDonald. I am also co-editor of PW Comics World, as well as the graphic novels review editor of Publishers Weekly and the editor-in-chief of The Beat at comicsbeat.com. And I'm Kate Fitzsimmons, the podcast producer. And check us out at pwcomicsworld.tumblr.com. And don't forget you can subscribe to More to Come on iTunes. And we're on social media at facebook.com slash pwcomicsworld. And on Twitter, we're at pwcomicsworld. This week on More to Come... SBX, Mocha, and the decline of selling at the conventions. Alison Bechtel and Raj Chass reach new heights of acclaim. We're in the middle of Banned Books Week and a look at threats against the creator of The 99 and Newsbreaks. So let's uh, jump to SBX, um, the Small Press Expo. Which was uh, a few days ago, as as the crow flies. Uh, it was awesome. Uh, yeah. Calvin, you were yeah. only down there Saturday. Yes, I was yeah. down there for the whole thing. and. You were at the, 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 the wedding? I was at the wedding and <laughs> the, the prom and the whole... I mean, you missed it, honestly. You well, really I, missed it, I think it, I'm going to adjust my schedule because I'm particularly interested in the prom, I would have to say. Though I, I understand Simon Hanselman um, was, was, a, was a lovely bride. He was a beautiful bride and, uh, you know, a blushing groom and Gary Groth. Uh, and, uh, you know, the prom was great. I hear the prom is going to return. And somehow, in between all of the socializing, there still managed to be a very successful comic show. Yeah. and um, Lots of good books. La- many, many great books. And, uh, and some interesting trends that uh, you pointed yes, out in your piece. Yes. Well, I, you know, definitely Consortium is getting back mm-hmm. into the comic. Or not back into, but you know, yeah. they've been uh, distributing. They're uh, a indie book distributor. Cover carry a lot of indie book publishers. Yes, yes, They're very yes. well known in the field, yes. and they've been cover uh, covering carrying an increasing number of graphic novel publishers, starting with Uncivilized Books. They also uh, just signed up Toon Books, uh, yes. Koyama mm-hmm. Press, um, and a couple of other ones yeah. that haven't been announced yet, but uh, might be a secret. One of them, and there might be acres of books involved, <laughs> and uh, you know, another one yeah. might be a very good alternative. To uh, comics, uh, but anyway, sounds uh, like you already know who they are. <laughs> well, I, I mean, there's a lot. It was a lot of people were yeah, talking about this, yeah. and no brow is already no on brow is already yeah. on there, and there's a couple of other ones. They are a fulcrum. Anyway, I was told by multiple sources that uh, they are definitely getting more involved in graphic novels, and uh, it's kind of been a while since there was a kind of a book industry trend at SPX has kind of been on its own thing, but I really yeah. felt up onwards and yeah. upwards. I, I just, you know, there were no huge, huge, huge guests this time. There was no, uh, Chris Ware or, uh, representative John Lewis, but there was a huge crowd and yeah. people sold well, lots of books. Yeah. And well, there was a focus on, you know, alt weekly right. uh, kind of cartoons who are uh, veterans of the alt weekly right. syndication, uh, so they, they the panel certainly one of the main panels was uh, the one with Linda Berry and Charles Burns and Ben Catcher. Um, I'm leaving someone out. Uh, yeah. A bunch of people. Yeah, um, yeah. James Stern was on that James panel. James Stern was and the Tom moderator. Tomorrow and, yeah, Tom Tomorrow, uh, of course. And um, um, so yeah. I mean, they kind of brought together a loose 
collection of of comics artists who are working in a certain kinds of ways but, for the independent right press. but i felt that itself was more of a historical focus. yes and that's exactly what and it was. Yeah. uh but i mean durf had a book durf was also on the panel yes. he sold mm-hmm. out of his mm-hmm. book i just felt there was a lot of really strong books yeah, you know, yeah. there was a new john porcelino book from quarterly which is excellent the new linda barry book of course that mm-hmm. sold out right away over at fanographics simon hanselman's book mm-hmm. got a lot of buzz uh yep 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 so um, books were sell- selling out, and uh, NBM's Beauty, Beauty, uh, even well, though the book wasn't there, there uh, yeah. apparently pre-orders were strong yeah, right on the floor. Uh, I was reading today a, a blog post from Ryan Sands at Youth in Decline, and he brought a couple of indie books that uh, sold out, like Nick Samita, who's mm-hmm. a young, very funny uh, cartoonist who's also in animation. His book sold out, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, there was a lot of strong books. I, yeah. I feel like there was a, a lot of uh, very strong material there. Yeah, uh, Fantagraphics was previewing the titles from uh, its new entity, Fu Press, right. um, uh, Fukator by <laughs> by Jason Carnes, and uh, what was the? Uh, well, I have it here. Uh, Jonah Kennigstein's The Emperor's New Clothes, Tower of Babel in the uh, Art World. Um, really manic, insane drawings apparently lampooning the art world. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're just scratched the surface. I mean, Mary Nomi was there with her new yes, book. Yes, yes. Um, Eleanor Davis was there with yeah. her yes, yes, amazing yeah. book. Emily Carroll, yeah. uh, Sam Alden. I mean, Jim Rugg has a new hardcover edition oh, yeah. of Street, Street Angel, Angel. Yeah. at Ad House, uh, which was, you know, now it's obviously not a new book, mm-hmm. but to see a new edition of the book, it's been out of print for years. And uh, uh, Farrell Darrumple with the wrench. Yes, the wrench second. And that Absolutely. book was also, yeah. I, I never saw him looking up. He was just standing yeah. there. I, By the way, I, if you check out our interview podcast, we'll see an interview absolutely. with him. Too. That's right. Yes, and with uh, with uh, several of the, yeah. the, the people we're talking about. But, uh, you know, if uh, I, I think it really was business as usual at SPX yeah. in that there were a lot of really strong, was a lot of really strong material that isn't selling tens of thousands of copies, but it's certainly got a fan base. And it seems to be on the smaller level of, of the smaller publishers at SPX. It seems to be successful yeah. and money-making for them. Well, it's very interesting because and maybe we can say this is part of the discussion on the decline of selling yeah. cons. But really, we're talking about small publishers with low overheads who can make money on print runs right. that big publishers simply can't. That's right. That's so, right. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I Don't get me wrong. There were definitely people who were sitting there alone twiddling their thumbs also. <laughs> yeah, I yes, mean, this but... was a – there were definitely yeah. some uh, – SPX is a lottery. It is not a juried show. Now, half of it is juried, and the other yeah. half mm-hmm. is a lottery. They feel very strongly that they should have booths that are always available so that you have a chance to get in. And um, – so there are definitely people who are just there through the luck of the draw, yeah. not necessarily because they are going to sell a lot of books. And apparently, from my observation, they did not sell a lot of books. <laughs> and Well, and well, furthermore, I mean, this kind of show, the fests seem to be more, and this ties into what we'll be talking about, more geared for people buying reading materials. Yes. They're they're not there to get a commission, usually. They're not mm-hmm. there to buy a poster. They want a book. Yeah. Right. And if you don't have a book. And, and really what's amazing also about SPX is that, I mean, it's I mean, to me, it's a great mix of emerging talent and, and some veteran talent, too. I mean, we left out that um, uh, Carl Speak McMeal had a new mm-hmm. a new volume yeah, of a Finder. And she on it. was just about the most mainstream person there. And yeah, she's not yeah. even mainstream. <laughs> so it's kind of amazing that the crowds that actually come out really for very somewhat obscure artists right. and buy up everything that they can find. So mm-hmm. 
Well, it, yeah, but it, it's I, interesting. But I mean, I think we're finding new, you know, new voices for yes. new generations. Yes, well, yeah. no doubt about it. No <laughs> and doubt not only that, it. new audiences. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes, it's, yes. it's yes. not so much that the old audience is going away and being replaced by this one. It's that people who maybe were not into quote unquote mainstream or even mainstream indie stuff are now finding things and able to be hooked up with a market that's making what they like. Exactly. Yeah. It's just sort of and, broadening and the field. I'd be curious to know what Heidi thinks because, I mean, I don't get too many complaints about sales from SBX. Well, I, people del- tell us different things. Un- un- you know? That's true. Now, I do get complaints sometimes at other shows, you know, mm-hmm. in the past. Yeah. But rarely have I heard them from uh, well, people I, at you SBX. You know, I think, uh, I think the reality is that um, that people are sometimes hesitant. I mean, I could tell. So the difference between people, oh, our sales, though, they're great. You know, when they say, you know, they're really great. I mean, you could tell. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I've sort of built in my own enthusiasm because a lot of times they don't want to say that they're sucky. You know, unless they have some other gripe, like if they feel they're in a bad place in the room, then they really can't wait to tell yeah. you how bad their booth placement right. was and how shitty yeah. their uh, crappy their sales are. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. I mean, a lot of times people don't, uh, you know, don't want to open up about yeah. that. But yeah. I, I mean, I'm just saying uh, observation. Yeah. I mean, we haven't even mentioned Charles Burns. I know he sold right. out. He had the uh, the sugar skull was there that sold right. I uh, flew off the table. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I saw, you know, supply and desire as 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 I often say here. And, uh, you know, some people want it to be the, the, the hot new hotness mm-hmm. and maybe it is for their five Twitter followers mm-hmm. or their five, you know, Tumblr <laughs> followers and maybe for the other five Tumblr followers it isn't. But but overall, I mean, you, you, you know, we're seeing an evolving market. And I mean, overall, there's no denying the enthusiasm of SPX. And on speaking of Tumblr, if you went on afterwards, like so many entries about the show would be Either, oh my God, I sold so many books, it was the greatest weekend of my life. Or, even though I didn't sell many books, it was the greatest weekend well, of my life. Maybe that's something that SBX has all to itself. Because, I mean, there is, I do sense a sort of, more so than I have in the past, uh, people were yelling at me, the show is great, the show is great, before I could even ask them a question, you know. So, yeah. uh, is there some sort of group hug going there on is here? A big if group the people hug. love a SBX, and even if they don't maybe have the best financial, they find other things about well, the show. Well, you know, this is, Calvin, this is why I'm saying it's like if you stay over night it's it's becomes camp comics you know and i mean everybody's in the same it's the one show of the year where everybody's in the same hotel yeah um you know i mean it's a little bit like that in heroes con in charlotte but in the indie world everybody's in the same hotel they are you know this year they opened up the upstairs to become one big party they Mm. had extra bars set up you could go outside onto the patio if you got too hot it got too crowded and downstairs is the prom, and it just became this multi-level. Yeah, this uh, this this has changed since my, my really, days of being oh, there both it's days. It just yeah. becomes this big giant yeah. rolling party at night, and you know I took a picture that was Charles Burns and Jason Shiga, and uh, you know you just it it's it's the Metropolitan Costume Institute Gala <laughs> of the indie comics world. I love it. So uh, you know, and I, right. that's a lot to do with it. I never, you know, comics people are so nice and, and yes. welcoming. I mean, that's, that's the other thing. Them. That's 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 why you know, we like them. Could I just interject? One thing we have left out in our short survey of recent cons was the Brooklyn Book Festival was just. You know, this past I was weekend. going to say we should segue we gotta with mention that something because, about it, because, and also because it's, because uh, between SPX and Brooklyn Book Festival, so many touring cartoonists yes. 
were up in uh, in the area. So the whole week became what I like to call super indie week. There yes, was so it's a good many way to describe it. slideshows and presentations and you know and parties and may, events. Ed, the commercial aspect uh, for comics publisher of the Brooklyn Book Festival was on display at its biggest level Absolutely. I've ever seen. There Absolutely. were more comics publishers, and I, I'd like to just give a little credit sure, to Meg yeah, Lipke. Yes who chairs the Graphic Novel Committee of the Brooklyn Book Festival. I'm a member of it, and so is Karen Green and Matt Madden. Now, we throw, throw uh, you know, suggestions at her and all of our favorite artists, and look, they're all very helpful. But Meg is amazing in that the, 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 the spreadsheets, the, I mean, she's not only trying to arrange panels and get everybody, keep everybody happy, impossible uh but also arranging for new exhibitors uh that will so you know obviously this is helping to fund the show too and from what i heard most people seem to really feel like they did well i think fantagraphics uh, showed up for the first time dnq has been there for a number of years but uh, uh vertigo was there I mean, so it was really yeah. uh, many, yeah. many more comics I did, publishers. You know, and Uncivilized was there. And yes, Uncivilized was there. Yes. Um, blah, blah, Secret Acres yeah. was there. Yes. So, so and, and the programming is top-notch, if top I do us. say yes. so myself. Uh, we, go on, because the programming was as good as it's ever been. Absolutely. I yeah. mean, so, yeah. no, I mean, you and know. I'm not saying it because you and I were moderating well, no, two of the panels. No, but I, I mean, <laughs> I, unfortunately, because of our own moderation panel, I mean, I only got to see my own panel. Yeah. So did you get to see my I panel? was lucky. First of all, there were panels spread around. Yeah. We were fortunate that the um, Brooklyn Historical Society, where your panel was and mine was, was there were about six panels in a row there in one video. Yeah. Now, there were other panels in other locations, too, because it really, not only is this on the plaza at the, the Borough Hall in Brooklyn, but at a great venues that are located within a block or two of the plaza. So it's 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 very flexible location. But yeah, I sat through about four panels, including yours. They were well attended. Uh, I did one of the earliest ones where we did a dystopian adventure with Brandon Graham and um, Farrell Dalrymple talking about the Wrenchies and multiple warheads. We had a packed house, great engaged questions. Uh, you had a fabulous panel, uh, nonfiction panel, right? Yeah, with uh, with um, Dan Mishkin yeah. and uh, Liana Fink and uh, Vivek Tuari. Yeah. yeah. Later uh, on, Jonathan Latham was interviewing uh, Jules Pfeiffer. Uh, I, I, it just yeah. went on and on and on. Yeah, it's really great. And, and just to throw in another uh, element of it is, uh, you know, the Brooklyn Historical Society. I mean, this is a beautiful building. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and and the the courthouse, which is where they have a lot of the big literary events, is the, this amazing. Like turn of the century, I mean Victorian. The buildings where they hold the Brooklyn Book Festival are these historic downtown Brooklyn. I yeah. mean they're really great. They have top-notch facilities, and uh, yes, it's a great event. I mean, better it's and a, better. It's a every great year. book event. I mean, it's yeah. just first it's of all, great it's overall. the literary yeah. uh, consumer show of New yes, York. Yes, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it, uh, it's really the best thing since uh, New York is book country, which uh -huh. yeah. actually wasn't so great no, for the last few so years. No, this is so much better than the this New York is book country. Really, yeah. there's no two socks, <laughs> uh, but there's there's great books. There are you know there's actually food trucks on one end you know for that part of it. But uh, and and a week of events preceding it as well. Yeah, yeah. So so really great. And uh, you know the next time when uh, all these shall meet will be the Comic Arts Brooklyn yes. show in November. But then comes the Mocha Festival and big news for Mocha Festival today. Yes, they yes. just announced that they are moving. They are leaving the Armory, the Lexington Armory, yes. where they've been for four or five years, mm -hmm. I think. 
and very for a se- building with air conditioning. Uh, yes, it, it is. We don't know. Maybe. We've never been in this building. It's called the Center Five Four Eight. It's mm-hmm. on Twenty Second, and uh, I would guess between Tenth and Eleventh, given yeah, that yeah. street address. Very close to the High Line. Yes, very close to the High Line. Very close to a lot of galleries, yes, a lot of right other kind of arts. Of a very arty, district. very arty neighborhood. Uh, I am sad, of course, because I would lived so close to the Armory. I would literally just run out and go and, home if I had to go to the bathroom. And it's a location for yes, art. Yes, but it never really worked out. But, I don't. Yeah. Think. I think yeah, there was well, something yes. amiss. What do you think, Kate? Yes. Air conditioning. Air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it is a pre-war building and to, well, to yeah. cool down that giant place. Well, I mean, I'm I'm not blaming the people who run the building. I'm just saying it made an interesting choice of venue. Yes, yes it yeah. did. Now, they say they're actually going to have to reduce, uh, slightly reduce the number of tables. Um, but... Um, they're going to keep prices at the same level as last year's event. Nice. Yes. And yeah. uh, the first guests were announced, which is yes. uh, Aline Kaminsky-Crump, J.H. Williams, Scott McLeod, and Raina Telgemeier. So great. a nice a nice start. Yeah, uh, nice and, start. Uh, yeah, and I mean, they did such a, a great job last year. Uh, I believe Mocha is a jury show. I'm pretty sure it's curated. And uh, I think I'm not. I'm not well, sure. Well, I, I saw yeah. some people there who were sure really, yeah, really, right. really obscure. I'm not sure it's jury. Oh, you're right. It might yeah. not be curated. So. I mean, yeah. I think that, I mean, I think with Mocha, there's enough, if I may use the word, quality publishers mm-hmm. who are sort of grandfathered in. Yes, yes. Who, uh, that they can you, leave the rest of it you open. You can kind of yeah. leave it open to as a first come, first serve yeah. kind of basis. Uh, I, I, also, the tables are expensive there. So a lot of people don't uh, aren't able to afford them. Which and is a lot another. of people split them. Yes, that's, yes. that's true. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm calling it now, though. Uh, calling it now. Uh, there is apparently a cafe in this building, but I do know this area, and it is hard to find amenities nearby. There's not a Starbucks mm-hmm. nearby. There is not a grab-and-go deli uh, anywhere near here. Uh, so I'm calling it now. Complaints about the remote mm-hmm. location. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm Otherwise yeah. known as so pack your lunch, people. second, yeah. probably between... Yeah. yeah, it's tenth and eleventh. Yeah, it's right, yeah, yeah. right near some galleries that I, I'm a regular at. So, but you know, it's a, a yeah. people go there all the time. There There's are plenty few, of good yeah. restaurants yeah. around yeah. the neighborhood. Yeah, I'm the not... Half King is nearby. Yes, that that's becomes nice very place. crowded after. It's gets packed. So, it's hugely packed. Yes, because it's um, the only one that's around. Um, there. Uh, there is a place really at the end of uh, actually Twenty Second Street. Uh, it used to be there. It's kind of a high end. Yeah. Kind of well, place. anyway, but you know, anyway, we'll talk about that next May. Yes, more to come in that. Now, our next topic on our list is selling at conventions. I would like to read a statement that actually was made by Jimmy Palmiotti uh, in an interview I did with him on The Beat that was talking about his new Kickstarter. But uh, I think it's really, really, really interesting. And it was the quote of the day on Robot 6. I'm going to read it aloud. Uh, He's talking about how Harley Quinn sells to uh, women a lot. He says, What we are learning is that the traditional idea of done-in-one stories, not selling in comics, just doesn't apply to the new audience buying the books. And believe me, most of the new audience are female. I think the problem right now we have is some people running the companies that aren't just going out and trying new comics or interacting with the next wave of readers and keep pushing things the traditional way they did years ago. The retailers themselves are seeing this happening daily now, and I feel it's the reason Image Comics will continue to grow and eventually outsell the big two, unless they start thinking outside the box and just make superheroes a part of their publishing plan and not the entire thing and start looking at the different ways a superhero book can be done. Harley is one example, Hawkeye is another. The traditional graphics people associate comics with have been changing for years now, and the market is embracing different looks and styles that are outside the house style, and it's pretty cool to see. And I think okay. that is a great 
if long quote, Bingo. but I think he really nailed it there. Yeah. I think he really nailed it. Hmm. And so, uh, you know, but there has been a lot of talk now about yeah. selling at conventions and the changing audience. Well, I mean, part of it is, as I said earlier, I I think the days of somebody coming in and being like, please sign my poster or please draw this mm-hmm. thing for me. It's just it's just not as partly because of places like Deviant Art and some mm-hmm. yeah. you, you have yeah. access to artists and original sketches throughout the yeah. year, so it's not as big of a deal at a convention. Yeah, but uh, Kate, there was a particular post that kicked kicked it off this week. Yes. Oh, I I didn't know what you were signaling yeah, yeah, yeah. me about. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yes. Heidi. Yes. Blog had a <laughs> post on the subject in which. Denise Dorman, whose right. husband is Dave Dorman, and you know she runs her own marketing company. Mm-hmm. She's a very busy lady, um, and so she wrote a post on her blog about how they made uh, nothing at a show. Like Dave went to the, the Grand Rapids Comic Con and made twenty dollars. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. At, but at San Diego they lost seven thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah, so yeah. they're not going to go to San Diego anymore. Right, and right, I wouldn't right. go either if I lost seven thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah. That is common sense right there. Uh, and she also talked a lot about saying how the audience is changing yeah. with cosplay. And she she had an anecdote about it. She was a famous artist from Japan who was standing there with nobody coming up to him while people were swarming to take a picture of a cosplayer. And, you know, this got picked up on uh, a Bleeding Cool with the headline, you know, is cosplay killing Comic-Con? Oh, for and, Pete's sakes. And, and, you know, it really took fire, just caught yeah. fire everywhere. And uh, which really surprised me because what I've been hearing, I mean, I have been hearing this. And, it, you know, it was poised. You know, there was a lot of very dry hay sitting there, and it was just <laughs> yeah. waiting for somebody to come by with a match. And but what I've been hearing is more along the lines of is Norman Reedus killing Comic Con? You know, so I, I mean, it, nerd it, liberties, yeah, nerd yeah. liberties, and like the whole Wizard World uh, business model of having you know charging people two hundred dollars for a VIP ticket so that they can stand in a room with with Norman Reedus. <laughs> You know, I would not go to those cons. Yeah. In uh, fact, well, I, I do not go to those yeah, cons. Well, they're not for us, you know? Well, actually, uh, just to throw in something that I also picked up off the beat, um, I know one of your posters had a kind of a list of here are some of the real reasons. I mean, I think this was all around a discussion that, just as, as uh, uh, Kate was saying, that, you know, different cons are going to attract different, uh, different kind of fans in certain instances. And in many cases, these fans just want different kinds of interactions with, with people. Yes. But some of these things were high fees for badges. I thought really bad food, like endless crowds, <laughs> Wizard World itself, mm-hmm. um, you know. You know, a lack of, a lack uh, of harassment, a lack yeah, of safety. Misogynistic, um, like, uh, harassment of female fans. Um, and, and just being really hard to find you if they're looking for you and uh, an accumulation of shows that seem to now be almost every other weekend um though it seems to be there seem to be plenty of fans showing up for them listen this is the real i mean definitely denise Dorman's piece touched off but i mean the reality is there's too many shows you know i was talking to todd allen who's one of our regular pw and the Mm beat contributors he lives uh, in iowa and believe me he doesn't live in the downtown part of Iowa. (laughs) But even he was saying there was two shows in one weekend that he could have driven to like within an hour. And he went to one of them and there was like one cartoonist there. And I mean, it was very slow. But I mean, you know, listen, I have no 
No, we keep talking, we talk all the time about the growth of Comic-Con culture. And every little town does want to have Comic-Con, <laughs> wants to have this kind of experience. And, you know, they want to bring the pageantry to their hometown. It's like, you know, we got really waiting for government of cons here, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Well, you know, I mean, I think maybe the thing is, this is a growing pain. And it's going to take people a while to identify what works at each con. Because yeah. clearly people are coming and they're buying something. But if they're not buying what you're selling, then that's not yeah. the con for and, you. And I mean, I'm not saying that Dave Dorman is not marketing himself because he is. And but, if you look yeah. at his, if you look at his website, he does, you know, he tweets, he does all the things yeah. that they say okay. you have to do. But you know what? I mean, How do you, mar- I mean, what are you selling to the yeah. market that exists? Right. This may not be the market for you. It's not that you're bad at selling, mm-hmm. but these may not be the people who want your stuff. Right. Yeah. Right. And you've even, and how do you even brought out this sort of growing level of micro shows that mm-hmm. are that seem to be structured in a way that's very different very curated no yeah, admission the caps, fee the caps the, the caps. comic art festivals that we were just it's talking a whole about new, yeah. but these seem even some of the ones you've been talking about even seem different from the traditional ones like mocha and and sbx these seem even smaller and yeah, more focused yeah yeah well there is definitely very small arty shows going up mm-hmm. there really more of arts festivals and you know, looking at, at SPX, I honestly did have this this kind of crazy idea. I I think SPX might have been the U.S. Comicette, you know, which is the biggest comics. I'm use, making quote signs in the air, yes, people. Yes. <laughs> uh, comics event in the world uh, in Japan, and it draws what is it, three hundred thousand, yeah, four hundred thousand people, four or five hundred thousand, yeah. twice a year. Yeah, and. There's like three days and all the exhibitors are different each day, but it basically, and it isn't even professional. All it is is yeah. selling fan it's fiction. It's so like doujinshi yeah, fan it's fiction. Like amazing. And people get in these circles on whatever they have that's DeviantArt or Tumblr, as Kate was, was mm-hmm. alluding to, uh, whatever the Japanese equivalent is, and they hear that this one person who does the fanfic they like is in table, you know, in row NN, table 57, and they rush in and they go to that table and they buy it and they rush out. And, uh, you know, SPX obviously didn't have 500,000 people, but I, I kind of felt like there's this kind of participatory thing going on a little bit. That- yeah, although I would say that culturally, the Dujinshi people are much, much closer to the people in the overflow art room at New York Comic Con than they are to people at SPX because there there actually is some Dujinshi that can be found in such places. But yeah, as far as the participatory aspect, yeah, there's a similarity, even if it may not really be linked into the same kind of fan culture. Right, right, right. But I mean, I think there, I think, I think there were a lot of people who were going to this mini comics artist or this, you know, this, yeah, this cartoonist. Yeah, they already they, know that person. They from know online. the person from Tumblr or from exactly. from somewhere like an anthology or something. They ran to their table. They bought their book. Yeah. You know that was very focused, focused buying in that way. Now, well, that's the only way, frankly, I could do it at Mocha. Like mm-hmm. it was so crowded at this mm-hmm. year's Mocha that I had to look at the map find where I wanted to go, do a surgical strike, get out. Yeah. Look at the map, find something else, do a surgical strike, yeah, get out. Because yeah. it was just, even though it was a small show, it was too crowded. It is. It becomes yeah. very overwhelming. You know, I think the Denise Norman piece, I think it kind of got off on the salacious uh, topic of cosplay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, but it definitely, I mean, this discussion absolutely is taking place. This yeah, is, yeah. I mean, well, are there too many cons? What is the proper number to go to, and what is their place in the creative's life? Yeah. Well, I mean, it, there is a paradox here. I mean, these shows are growing, 
people are attending them. They're getting bigger and bigger. The money's going somewhere. Uh, how it's flowing and who it's flowing right. to, I guess we're seeing a transition as we as we get a basically a more diverse group of fans. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm I'm going to be honest. I never heard of him. I wouldn't buy art from him. I don't know who he is. And if I've never heard of him, you better believe that. Well, in, I think in even Iowa, he admitted. I mean, either. his yeah. fans are in the forty to fifty year old range. Well, they, yeah, and, and but I mean, hello. I was just as I said in my piece on the beat. I was just at Baltimore, and they're you know Baltimore <laughs> is absolutely a Bronze Age show where they have tons of. Mm creators who are over 50 and they had big lines yeah. you know i mean they promote them properly know your and, audience yeah know your audience and i you know i guarantee if dave dorman went to a star wars show because he does a lot of beautiful star wars paintings uh i i'm sure he'd do very he'd well do you fine. know yeah. and and yeah. uh it, it's not you know riley brown had a great quote that he was saying how he he's an artist who works for marvel dc he does a web comic a great guy he says that he has done really well this year at every show except San Diego. He took a bath, you know, but but it's just hmm, other yeah. people we know at San Diego sold out yeah. of everything they bought. So, yeah. you know, I mean, it's it's definitely changing and there uh, more of a dialogue absolutely yeah. needs to happen but about this. One thing stuff. I think is interesting is that I feel like it's interesting how cosplay has been code for those scary young people who are possibly female and definitely look at that thing from Japan. I know. Well, you know, uh, I also <laughs> mentioned this, but, uh, you know, the last time Dave Dorman was in the news because he thought that the covered a saga with the breastfeeding oh, right. was filthy. That's yeah. the last time he was in the news. Oy. So, you know, you can make of that what you want. Of Oy. all the comic covers to think are filthy, I, I don't even, yeah. whatever. All right. Well, well, there'll be more to come on this oh, for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, oh, let's let's talk about Alison Bechtel and Ross. Yeah, Jazz. on, yeah. on uh, much much more positive news. Uh, Alison Bechtel received received a MacArthur, commonly known uh, MacArthur as a genius, genius grant. grant. Uh, we knew her; she was a genius a long time ago. But uh, she's going to get six hundred fifty thousand dollars in six hundred twenty-five thousand. Thank you very much, and a number of installments. But however she receives it, it's not a bad payoff, Over and she's years, earned yeah. every dime of it. Uh, by really, um, by creating amazing works. Yeah, and she's the second cartoonist to win a MacArthur. The first was Ben Catcher, who used right. a lot I'm of it forgetting. to develop these amazing multimedia live performances yes. with music of his incredible yes, comics. Yeah, I forgot about that. That's right. And, uh, you know, Bechtel used this occasion to announce her next book, uh, yes. which will be called uh, The Secret of Superhuman Strength and will be about uh, the quest for fitness. Yeah. So, um, Can't wait to see Yeah, it. that and, and the one preview image indeed gave you an idea of just how many hilarious fitness images this will probably be. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated to see Bechdel turn her gaze from her yeah. parents to herself. Yeah. So. Uh, and as for Roz Chess, I mean, it's, it was it's tremendous. Uh, she was um, the only woman picked in, out of 10 books on the long list for the National Book Award uh, non- nominations for, fi- uh, non-fic- for nonfiction. Nonfiction. Um, it, she much deserves it. Uh, there was some additional controversy over the fact that, well, one woman. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> uh, right. There was only a one book by one woman in its entire year that uh, could make a list of ten. Yeah. Uh, the so book that's that given that's that there's a, no shortage of female writers. Yeah, so, uh, you know, this, this so happens a, quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, an issue that accompanied, unfortunately, uh, her nomination. But we can certainly say that that's a great book, and she's much deserved. Yeah, the the book is uh, can't we talk about something more pleasant? Yeah. And um, you know, it really does. Uh, I mean, she is the first adult 
graphic yes, novelist and, and, to be nominated yes. or on the long listed for the National yes. Book Award. Gene Yang was twice before in yes. the juvenile. Yes. And, uh, you know, despite the elements of controversy, I, it's a great, great book. I mean, yeah. I'm really... Right. And, her and first, the controversy is not really about right. her. No, it's yeah. not. And and she, it, it was her first long form comic ever. So what a great encouragement yeah, for yeah. her. Really, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 great times. It's really just, uh, and, you know, so many great books. And for some there. of our listeners who may not have heard about the National Book Awards, uh, and I say this because they don't do a great job, mm-hmm. I think, of promoting themselves to the broader American reading population. I often use it as describe the Eisners as the, the National Book mm-hmm. Awards of the comics industry. Well, the National Book Awards are the Eisners yes. of the book industry. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> So there you um, go. But you know, as much as we love these books, not everyone does, and that's why we have Ban Books Book Week. Week. Yes, and this year, a special focus. I mean, it's sort of weird in that saying. This year, our special guest star this week, this year, well, is you know. comics and graphic novels. So yes, yeah, so the, the the Comic Book Legal Defense Fund is going to be has been very much involved uh, in working with um, the American Library Association to to. Basically, to help organize events all around the country. I'm not even going to begin to list them all, but they're uh, one of the most important ones. You probably won't know about this until after it's over, but it will be Thursday this week uh, where Larry Martyr, the president of CBLDF, will be sitting down in conversation with Scott McCloud in San Diego. And uh, that's one of a number of events, scores of events all around the country. And you can check out... Uh, a story in PW yes. at publishersweekly.com slash comics. How graphic okay. are those novels? Yes, that's a title I've been longing oh, yes. to use my so we... whole life. And, and actually yes, an interesting piece because apparently there is some dispute among librarians about the, the holiday, though it's overwhelmingly supported mm-hmm. by librarians, to uh, basically, to, uh, uh, and in conjunction with CBLDF, to uh, produce materials to teach librarians how to handle challenges to their books, how to respond, how to protect themselves, and how to protect your First Amendment right to read what you please. Right, and I think one of the reasons that the committee of the ALA that uh, pushed for graphic novels for this week is because one of the top ten banned books last year was Bone yes. by Jeff Smith. And yes. I mean, on what basis yes. was this book Banned. I don't, you know, I don't get well, it. Well, it, it seems as though, uh, in the nature of things being banned, suppressed, pulled from uh, schools and libraries, logic and rational thinking doesn't seem to always yeah. uh, play a lot of a and, big role. And speaking of illogic, <laughs> and the worst and, banned book of oh, all. Oh. <laughs> so, as some of you may have heard in the past, the ninety nine is a actually very popular in the Middle East um, Muslim superhero comic where there are 99 different superheroes, each one of whom's superpower is inspired by one of the aspects of God in Islam. And uh, the author, Dr. Naif Al-Matawa, has frequently found himself the subject of fatwas, albeit relatively toothless ones. But Including from the American Congress, but, but, but yeah, we can talk way, about yeah. that a little bit too. Go on. <laughs> yeah, arguably. Um, but this time around, he, he seems to have uh, attracted rather more disturbing attention. Um, Islamic State, a.k.a. ISIS, a.k.a. ISIL, uh, has put out a call for his death. He, he says that he's 
not too worried and he's going to keep doing what he's doing but um that really is an extremely yeah. <laughs> yeah. disturbing yeah. Well, thing. He's an amazing guy. I mean, I actually had a chance to interview him here at the Publishers Weekly offices. I mean, he was cited by President Obama, yeah. uh, you know, for for you know, basically for you know, uh, creating an interfaith dialogue, for really connecting to showing up, uh, showing up face for a moderate Islam. Yes, um, he's an American educated Kuwaiti born um, a psychologist, I believe. Yes, yes. Um, he has cr- turned this, and uh, he, he also leads the Tashkil Media Group, which has turned this into an international publishing and media franchise. Yeah, it's cartoon um, and everything. The fatwa was apparently originally issued by some Saudi. Arabian uh, cleric, um, then ISIL and others have it was, taken. It up. was originally the Grand Mufti of Saudi Arabia, okay, yeah, and the the Ministry of Islamic Affairs so, in Kuwait. But um, that had been relatively less disturbing yeah, than yeah. this. So it's been comic books. They've didn't. I think they've done. They did several comics in, in partnership with Marvel. It's an animated TV show. Uh, the, when I mentioned the Congress a little while ago, it was mostly because there was some Muslim bashing coming out of Congress about uh, support for this show. Um, that was to my to my mind was as awful as what's yeah. coming out of these well, yeah, yeah. Muslim clerics. I, I mean, just you know, well, I mean, the not, Congress was not calling for his no, death. No, no, no they, they weren't. But they were calling for the suppression. But they were calling for the suppression of his TV yeah, show. Yeah, and you know, Doctor Matar just so came you're, you're out, absolutely you know, right from the get go. He's done this project literally with very clear propagandistic goals of bringing the world together yes <laughs> yes and please and stop killing each other i mean it's other. like you know it's, it's as if the beatles came out and said all you need is love you know and, yeah, and it's just like who and needs they that said, nobody so needs love yeah, you yeah. know i mean really like the like the, the people i think if you're known by your enemies he really is like uh, the, yeah. the greatest man on earth just about yeah. but uh anyway it's really unfortunate and uh, i but i admire him for his stand that he's taken where he is saying he is not going to Yes. Uh, he will not be silenced. So, yes. So, um, and now it is time for yes. the briefs. In a uniquely Japan announcement, Death Note, the popular manga and anime about a, a man with a magical note that he can use to kill people, is being turned into a musical. <laughs> a musical. <laughs> what a country. <laughs> yes, a musical being scored by mm-hmm. Frank Wildhorn, a songwriter of such Whitney Houston songs as Where Do Broken Hearts Go? <laughs> yes. But it will, of course, be sung in Japanese. Um, I don't think it's going to get a Broadway run, but... <laughs> okay, well... <laughs> if any of you are on vacation, you may find this interesting. Meanwhile, in the United States, Harley Quinn, the DC Comics' first mm-hmm. annual will be centicular with four quote-unquote rub-and-smell scents, four mystery rub-and-smell scents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it will be co-created by Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor. And, <laughs> and girls love it. <laughs> Although I don't know uh, if they'll like the smelly version. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, here we go. I hear that they, I wonder if they have to print them early like they did the lenticular covers and then there might be a warehouse where they're sitting and that would be a very <laughs> smelly warehouse. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, when I was a little kid, I really loved scratch and sniff books. Little Bear's Christmas. Oh, oh that yeah. That was a hit. Yeah. That was a nice smell. Pine trees. It's, it's yes. a kind of aromacon, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. I, I'm kind of a little disturbed by what 
Harley Quinn comics might smell mm. like. She's a bit of a troll, you know? I mean, like, if Harley Quinn says, smell this, I say no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so as announced on this podcast a few months ago, uh, Comixology has had some publishers go DRM free on their service. Well, a second wave of DRM free comics has come out from Comixology, and they include books from IDW, Valiant, Oni Press, Fantagraphics, Aspen Comics, and many, many more. Um, so now, even if you have bought these comics from Comixology in the past, you can now download your own DRM free copies to keep and use even if comiXology goes belly up tomorrow. Right. So, March of progress. Yeah, and there's more to come on that for yes. sure. Yeah, so, and um, this this answers the common question of, of buying digital comics is, well, what do I do if the platform goes away? Yeah, yeah. well. <laughs> they have an answer. Yeah. So. Dash them on your hard drive. Indeed. Uh, well, and on that note, I'm sure there'll be more to come. Yeah. Oh, but we should tell them oh. about our little scheduling issue. That is to say... New York Comic Con is oh, on yeah. the horizon, and we, Publishers Weekly and Publishers Weekly Comic World and More to Come Podcast, will be at uh, New York Comic Con with our very own booth. Unfortunately, we cannot give you the number at this time, but it's if you. 666 Hell! <laughs> yes. Uh, but if, if you, you look it up in your program, you'll find us. Um, your sparkling co-hosts will all be there throughout the weekend, although not always at the same time. And not always sparkling. No, not by day three we won't be. But uh, come on by. Um, we will probably have some free issues of the magazine. Um, we will definitely have a raffle. Yes, we will. And we will be happy to see you. Yes. And we'll be there frantically uh, uh, covering the show and doing more interviews and, and live podcasts oh, on the floor. Oh, and you know, that reminded me. Uh, at the, the day before New York Comic Con kicks off, ICV2 oh, yes, yes, is yes, having yes. a conference, uh, as they do every year, and we will be there. And actually, I will be moderating a panel on uh, conventions. The topic of the whole conference is the new reader, and I'll be yes. doing a panel on conventions with Lance Fensterman, and Meg Lemke from oh, the Brooklyn Book Festival. Excellent. And Rob Salkowitz, and also a representative of Wizard Entertainment and, and uh, Shelton Drum from uh, Heroes Con. And I, I'm pretty oh, sure how interesting. this is the first, uh, the first panel about conventions. So uh, anyway, there were definitely been more to come yeah i'm going to be moderating a panel too and i'm not entirely sure what it is yeah but, but it sounded very exciting yes it was new yes. readers wasn't it <laughs> yes, yes i think it's about new readers where they're coming from and all the rest yeah. yes so um but milton always gives good conference yes yes so yes. make sure you may uh, keep an eye out for that and and next week we have something very special for you too can i tell them oh yes yeah yeah yes yeah. yes uh <laughs> next week we have something very special from for you too our very own Calvin Reed gets to interview the great Scott McCloud. Oh, yes, for so. your listening delight. And then yes. after that, we'll be doing daily podcasts from yeah. New York Comic Con. Right. And I should yes. say that Scott's going to be talking about the um, uh, the best American comics 2014, the annual anthology of indeed the best American comics uh, that he put together. He's the volume issue, and he works in conjunction with. Bill Cardinalopoulos, the famous Bill Cardinalopoulos, and um, he'll be talking about the process, the, the the titles, how he picks them, his whole take on it, and of course, it's Scott McCloud, so it's got to be cool. 
And that's it. So we'll have more to come. <laughs>